Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. <laughs> Before we start the show, let's talk about our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Bob Show. The Bob Seska Show is almost entirely fueled by our Patreon subscribers, and we couldn't do four-plus shows a week without your generous financial support. If you dig what you hear today please consider signing up for just $1 per month or $5 per month on our Patreon page. Depending on your pledge, you're going to get all kinds of bonus content from me and my troop of co-hosts. Plus, it's actually the best place to contact me in person as we continue to post exclusive Patreon-only content like our post-mortem shows twice per week, as well as the Friday After Party podcast and commercial-free versions of this show. So get going. FOMO is real. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all-caps Patreon Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Is that yours? Don't touch it, it's Uncle Rico's. What's it for? It's a time machine, Napoleon. You bought it online. You're right. It works, Napoleon. You don't even know. Have you guys tried it yet? No. So are you ready? Yeah, hold on. I forgot to put in the crystals. Okay, turn it on. It's a piece of crap. It doesn't work. Well, I could have told you that. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Oh, hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hello. The Bob Seska Show. See, the new Q thing is they're talking about the, I think it's the vaccine is helping you time travel. I've tried it. I've been fully vaccinated. I haven't been able to time travel yet. Maybe I get Napoleon Dynamite to help me out. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, June 8, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 140 of the Biden-Harris administration, 517 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And let's bring him in. Here he goes. You say buzz, buzz. You said it all. 
Hi. Hi. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I've missed you. It's been a long week. I am. I'm so too. glad we're back together wah, again. And, and, and with our friends out there as well. Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, if you're new here or you need a refresher, uh, <laughs> he's Bob Lilibet Seska. <laughs> and I'm Buzz Lilibet Burbank. And... Uh, <laughs> And this show is the Swiss Army Knife of Podcasting. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you didn't Shit, know. That asshole. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, I've been following this. I've been reading about various stories in the newspaper. Uh, yeah. They're calling this the Summer of Love, Bob. Oh, are they? Yeah. You see, with everything opening up again, uh, people have apparently gone crazy trying to get laid. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but but here's the irony. During the during the lockdown, we all forgot how to dress ourselves. I know. So did I. Yeah. I, I so people are asking you, which sweatpants do you wear on a first date? <laughs> uh, in, in the news, uh, Postmaster Louis DeJoy is under investigation for Good. allegedly making illegal campaign donations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the FBI plans to lock him up as soon as the mailman delivers the warrant. <laughs> Should be here any time. Oh, my God. This was interesting. The University mm. of Virginia's law school, mm. uh, the law school there, is offering a course on the Trump-Russia investigation. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and the, you could go. And then the course, Bob, is taught by Robert Mueller himself. Jesus. Well, uh, Mueller does the teaching. The final exams will be graded by Bill Barr. <laughs> Of course, of course. Adjust, are, yeah. adjust your answers accordingly. Mm, yeah. uh, in science news, the Pentagon says there is, there's no proof that they are aliens. Okay, right. We're, we're talking, of course, about all the sightings of Trump voters. <laughs> Still, it's an open question. <laughs> right. um, the psychologist who invented timeouts for children uh, passed away this week at the uh, age of 97. Aww. He can now take some time to think about what he's done. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Mike. Yeah, here we go. Welcome to the show. Before your speech is through, we've got a crazy view. It's the backside of your pants we see. I don't want to sound like I'm off base, but it seems your trousers are misplaced. There are lots of things we all would rather do. It's the backside of your pants we view. Now that Joe Biden, he took your place. We don't even want to see your face, but it looks just like your face, that much is true. It's the backside of your pants we view, it's your pants we view, with everything backwards. Before this night is through, I think I'll throw up too, it's the backside of your pants we view. Oh yeah, Rocky Mountain Mike. Rocky underscore mountain underscore Mike on Instagram. Go follow him recklessly right now. Maybe maybe the Republicans would back a commission to investigate the backward pants. <laughs> you know, any news cycle that includes pants is okay oh, with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well it's, it's a shame in some ways because uh, Snopes says it's a fake. Right, right. Uh, that it didn't really happen. And mm. I think that's kind of a black eye for us, you know, because... <laughs> Uh, it 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 just opens up another opportunity for for uh, critics to say that uh, we're willing to you know lie uh, yeah, to, yeah. to to make a point when there are so many other things we could be getting Trump for. Oh, it was funny. Oh, yeah. I I I laughed. Sure, sure, yeah. And there's and and that certainly has its place. Mm. But the fact that it was taken so seriously uh, and and went so viral so strongly so fast 
uh, is a little embarrassing in, hinds- in, in hindsight. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> See, here's here's the thing. I knew almost right away that yeah. it wasn't that he was wearing his pants backwards. I mean, he's befuddled. He's a fucking a-hole, but he's not right. that stupid that he's putting his pants on backwards. But you know what? I'm okay with people thinking he was putting his pants on backwards. <laughs> That's fine with me. I'm totally okay with that. And again, as I said, look, if we can talk about pants for a while. And by the way, I'm so glad people are finally noticing how fucked up his pants actually are. I mean, Donald Trump has the <laughs> it's most about fucked- time. <laughs> I know. When I, you know, for five years, I was going. When are people going to start talking about his fucked up pants? Even if that's his backside, and how do they do that with moving video anyway? <laughs> but even even if that is his backside, that's a diaper. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's there's padding back there, and and not like he doesn't have any of his own. Uh, there's additional <laughs> padding back there that, that to me can only to my eye can only be a diaper. I'm, yeah, I, th- yeah. I believe those are his pants. I believe that's sure. a shot from the back that's somehow magically pasted onto a shot from the front. <laughs> well, I, I think what happened was the the initial the initial image was kind of compressed. It was like someone taking a photograph of their TV screen, and then right. it was compressed a little bit on social media. And what it did it is it, it kind of race the fly and once again i'm I'm like gagging a little bit because here we are talking about donald trump's crotch area yeah Yeah. (laughs) by all means what we need in this world that is so fucked up is a a three-day conversation about donald trump's crotch (laughs) what is it what is it about flies first there was the one on pence's head and then there was the one that that did crawl around on on uh, ted cruz's face even if he didn't really swallow it right and 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 then there was the missing fly from donald trump's pants so it's all about flies apparently. no but i don't know what he does to those pants maybe he needs to do the lbj thing you know lbj used to have this uh, habit where when he'd sit down you know what in fact i think they did a whole seinfeld episode about this where when lbj would go to sit down he'd take his pants off so they yes. wouldn't get all schmutzy and wrinkled well that's the excuse he gave yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it was just a line right he was some <laughs> other reason probably because the pants as we heard on that famous audio recording the pants for lbj were always cutting into his bunghole like he was really <laughs> right. really yeah. concerned about the pants cutting into his that's, bunghole that's the version i prefer to believe yes <laughs> But I don't know. Trump's got some fucked up pants there. They're just well, uh, yeah. And he used to have Hope Hicks, you know, would get down on her knees in front of him and uh, and steam them while he was wearing them, <laughs> you know, to steam the wrinkles out of him. He doesn't have that. Doesn't have that service anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Trump did this uh, whole pants thing uh, during his yeah. remarks at the uh, North Carolina GOP convention, where in which he did slur. He did slur a lot. I mean, more than usual, right? These were full blown. What do they call? short circuits. I think Aaron Rupar refers to them as short circuits, where he goes to say a word, he fucks up the word, he does this weird body twitch, like when the word, (laughs) the wrong word comes out, or some non-word comes out of his mouth, his whole body twitches, and then he kind of retcons it as if to say, I meant to say that weird Uh non-word. At one point he said, (laughs) he was remarking about shredding the ground bacon, and I'm not sure exactly what the hell Uh that meant. Neither is he. And, and, you know, here's my thing. They've spent the last, I don't know how many months, probably years on Joe Biden, referring to Joe Biden on Fox News Channel as President Sippy Cup. 
as if he's somehow infirmed. That was a gigantic mistake on their part. I think it's a huge miscalculation for them oh, to have yeah. gone you look after at the, Joe Biden. If you, look at, if you look at his approval numbers, it is clearly a mistake. You know, it's one thing, it's a, one thing and an amazing thing indeed to see Republican politicians ignore the will of their own constituents yeah. to pursue power. Uh, it's quite another to see a, a commercial television channel that yeah. relies somewhat on its viewers to uh, alienate them by picking on their Joe Biden because when Fox does that that's what they're doing yeah. uh, six, 60 between 60 and 70% of the american people approve of Joe, Joe Biden on some level or another and we're talking about republicans here oh yeah yeah and on top of that the fact that they're making a big deal about Joe Biden's alleged cognitive issues the, yes. what they're doing is they're calling attention to Trump's cognitive issues they're putting that on the I table so. as a point of debate and so all it does is exposes Donald Trump to more scrutiny. And there's lots of things to scrutinize him about. I mean, first of all, yeah. we've got this thing that happened over the weekend, this speech in North Carolina, where it was like one short circuit after another. But now <laughs> Roger Stone is going after Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon's going after Roger Stone, which is a little bit yeah. performative as far as I'm concerned. It's a little bit of, well, let's keep each other in the news. But at the same time, they're talking about how and reemphasizing in the process about how Steve Bannon accused Trump of being uh, or having Alzheimer's, I think it was. And so that's keeping that fresh in the news. Yeah, so, and that's good. And, and, and here's Jesus. why that's good. Here's why that's good, because yeah. we see uh, the continuing influence of Donald Trump over Republican politics. And when I say mm -hmm. influence, I mean total and absolute control. Yeah, uh, we, we see uh, him using and exercising effectively that power. Hour. But at the same time, we see uh, diminishing uh, mental and physical health, mm -hmm. and we see uh, court cases closing in uh, around him, uh, most of which he cannot dodge. Yeah, and and so the question is where he's going to be in twenty twenty four. Uh, twenty will will he be on the campaign trail prior to that, or will he be uh, tied up in court? It's looking to me increasingly like he'll be tied up in court. It, this doesn't mean he's any less a threat to democracy, uh, but I don't think we have to worry about him personally. I would worry more about guys like DeSantis and yeah. uh, the other slicky boys coming up to try to be the next Donald Trump. Uh, I don't know. I, I I wish I were that optimistic. I think. Uh... <laughs> If that, oh, if that's optimism, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm thinking the only way Trump doesn't run is if uh -huh. Trump chooses not to run. I think it would be very daring of this current Republican Party, the current Republican Party that's bending over backwards to, shall we say, steam the pants of Trump's <laughs> voters. Right, right. Uh, you know, th they're in the process of doing that quite vigorously. And I can't see them suddenly about facing and saying, never mind, we're going to go with Ted Cruz uh, or whoever. I, I don't see that happening necessarily. Yeah, Trump would no, have I, to be well. immensely indiscriminate exposed for him to not run and whether that's some sort well, of uh, health issue or whether that's federal prison or as the case may both. be new york state prison there's not right. there's still a strong chance he ends up at danamora I, i'm not making that up that could possibly be a thing <laughs> and uh, of course as I, a, I'm as, not a, saying, 
as I've vowed all along, I'm going to sit outside the fence on a lawn chair and fix myself a nice <laughs> beverage and just point and laugh at Donald Trump. That'll become yeah. my new podcast. <laughs> well, if it makes you makes you happy, that'll be fine. Uh, we'll call it prison setting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. But, you know, I, I think with his declining uh, health and uh, his diminishing in influence uh, in the public, his diminished voice in the yeah, public, yeah. and I think uh, that w- with him being tied up in court, that he personally will not be available for, you know, whether he makes that decision or it's made for him. I, I just, I don't think he'll be around. Like I said, does not make him any less of a threat. Does not mean he isn't still a kingmaker who could anoint, say, Ron DeSantis yeah. a, as the guy and campaign for Ron DeSantis uh, to an extent, uh, perhaps. I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I also think that, Trump's support among Trump supporters is is still slipping. It's terrifying how high it is, but but I do see signs of erosion, and yeah. and that gives me hope too. The more crap that happens to him, I think the more it will erode. We're still twenty four is still three years away, and yeah. uh, uh, so in in terms of a presidential race, and I'm more focused on twenty twenty two right now. But in terms of uh, the next presidential race. I, I think Trump will be a factor. I don't know that he'll be a candidate. Well, and I think Mike Pence is going to be a factor, too. I think Mike Pence comes into mm-hmm. all of this possibly tied with Don Jr. And again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves for 24. Yeah, Lots yeah. of things can happen between now and the initial primaries, or at least the initial and- time when they start throwing their hats into their rings, which I, which I guess would be around 2023. Lots can happen between now and then. But right now, as it stands, Mike Pence, I guess, would be the next nearest heir apparent. And he's already... He's already showing the fact that his spine vanished. I don't think there ever was a spine in there. They were chanting, hang Mike Pence. They were going to hang him from a goddamn gibbet on January 6th. And these are Trump's people ordered by Trump to the Capitol building to carry out these plans. And Mike Pence says to a crowd the other day that, oh, me and Trump, we don't see eye to eye on January 6th. (laughs) As if it was some sort of ordinary policy dispute. They simply agreed to disagree bob you know it's uh i i guess he too sees them as tourists but i mean is anyone more spineless than mike pence no jesus (laughs) i can't get over the fact that he's now downplaying the fact that trump's own supporters were trying to kill him he is you know what he is the most uh, blindly ambitious politician i think on the republican side if he is willing to just ignore the fact to just wave the notion that Donald Trump basically wanted to have him killed. He will do and say anything he needs to do and say in order to win his next election, and that's a fact. And uh, I, Pence is basically saying, I could be killed, but I'm not going to let that stop me from running for president. That's... <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, you know what's been making a, a comeback recently is, uh, in fact, we played this when it first came out. The Daily Show some time ago put together a uh, clip package of Mike Pence and specifically <laughs> the way Mike Pence speaks in rhythm. You'd never guess it by looking at how mayonnaise white Mike Pence is, that he was so rhythmic. Here's here's the Daily Show's little bit about Mike Pence speaking in rhythm all the time. The Vice President of the United States, When America is strong, the world is safe. America has remained the best in space. Relentless pursuit of victory will guide us to return to the moon, put Americans on Mars. 
Welcome to Made in America Week. We'll rise to that challenge. We will stand with our allies, restoring democracy and ending the crisis. Welcome to a new era for American infrastructure. The great respect of the president. So true. Whole, free, and at peace. So true. Say it again, what? This will end. Bye-bye. Yeah. That's weird. Isn't that weird? It's weird. It strikes me me that his speech is as mechanical as the drums that were behind him. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. They're both machines. That's the thing that Mike Pence has in common with Ted Cruz. They both have this really politician-y way of speaking. It's almost like they went to way too many media training seminars, Mm -hmm. and they followed every goddamn rule. Mike Pence speaking in rhythm, that's not cut together to make it sound like it's going to the beat. That's exactly (laughs) right. Mike Pence is like the king of saying things like this. At the end of uh, making a declarative statement, he'll say something like, I know it, you know it, the American people know it. I mean, that's what he does. It's like all of those cliche things. Those fat cats in Washington will learn from, you know, it's just like all of the usual off-the-shelf politician things. Maybe he's a big fan of haiku. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, Well, let's see what else is going on here. So, uh, what do you make of this uh, Cyber Ninja's founder moving all of those Maricopa County ballots to his home in Montana? I have some theories about this, but I'm curious as to your take on what the hell's going on in Arizona. Well, uh, clearly they've, they've lost control. As I, I, we may have mentioned before, yeah. uh, Arizona taxpayers yeah. now have to uh, spend millions of dollars to replace all of the equipment that yeah. has, yeah. thanks to the Republican legislature, they're allowed to fall into uh, unprofessional and biased hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that equipment is now tainted and can never be used again. Can only be replaced. Similar things happening in counties in Pennsylvania, yeah. where where we're finding out this all really started. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 criminal. It seems to me. I I don't understand why more secretaries of state and attorneys general haven't cracked down on this, uh, save for the fact they're Republicans in in many cases. Yeah, I wish there were more Democratic lawyers on the ground in Maricopa County to block whatever is possible to block at this point with this this process. Because initially, it started out as kind of a punchline, kind of self-satire among the Red Hat Republicans that they were going to engage in this ballot audit where they were, I guess, going to exhaustively go through every single ballot. And we all know what the point is. They don't need to find any voter fraud in order to say, well, you know, there was this one ballot and it kind of smelled like bamboo. Oh, my God, bamboo, which means China and holy shit. All they need to do is find the patina of impropriety, some sort of little teeny nugget of something. Oh, this signature didn't quite match. Oh, oh, uh, rampant voter fraud in Arizona, obviously. Is is that duck sauce on the envelope? (laughs) Chinese interference? Right, right. But, I mean, that's all they need to do. That's all they need to come up with. And initially that was the case. But now as this process moves on and on and on, there's some hinky things happening in oh, Arizona. Yeah. And this uh, this latest move where this uh, founder of Cyber Ninjas nabbed all of these ballots and they've moved them to the guy's home in Montana <laughs> for some reason. And first, I think my first reaction was, oh, this looks like data mining to me. 
this looks like what they're doing is yeah, they're not just they're, auditing mm-hmm. the ballots. They're starting to collect information that's on the ballots for purpose X, Y, Z. I have that, no idea that's what possible. Yeah. That's possible that they have raped the sanctity of the vote. Yeah, exactly uh, right. And, and, and they have from the very beginning yeah. of this fraud it, uh, authorized by Republican lawmakers in Arizona. I, this would be a, a good place to remind people the importance of voting down ballot mm-hmm. and uh, and participating as never before in the 2022 election. Yeah. Campaign, sign up, give money. Uh, we need all boots on the ground for this battle. We've said many times, and I, I'm going to repeat this many times too uh, going forward, we've often said uh, this next election is the most important in our history. Yeah. I'm going to say this about 2022. This one's for all the marbles. Yeah. This this could be, in many ways, the last election and the end of democracy as we have known it in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's how serious this is, and that's why we need all all hands on deck. And it's not only from the point of view of stemming the tide of Trumpism, which is a big fucking deal. We're talking about yes. fascist idiocracy on the march here in the United States and quite frankly around the globe. We're seeing it in, in other countries as well. But it's not only about thwarting Trumpism, but it's also about expanding what we can do as Democrats in Congress. It's tenuous in both houses, yeah, more yeah. so in the Senate. And but, more so, much but, more so in the Senate. And that's the key. Absolutely. The key, because that it's not only about expanding our majorities in order to get things done it's about expanding our majorities to strip power away from people like joe manchin and kirsten cinema because they're acting the way they're acting because there is such a close divide but the 50 50 senate is what's giving joe manchin and kirsten cinema right. the power and they're certainly abusing their power they're certainly milking it for all it's worth while they have the opportunity uh not only for recognition but to bring money home to their states so they can go home and they can tell republicans and they can tell democrats alike look at what i've done and please reelect me when the time comes and so but- that's the dual role of uh what we need to do as far as focusing our energy on 22 is about greatly expanding those majorities uh plus at the same time stopping trumpism and these are all things that we have to kind of balance and uh and work toward and one of the reasons why i'm always mentioning at the top of the show the number of days until the 22 midterms is because the 22 midterms are so important 517 days to go yeah it seems like a long ways oh it's never going to be November 22. It's never going to be that month or that election day. Well, you know what? It takes a long time. It's like the Democratic Party is like a really big diesel engine. It takes us a long time to get up to speed. It push down on the gas and uh, get up to speed up a steep hill, and eventually we're going to get moving. But it <laughs> takes us a good long time to build up that energy. And uh, it, that's it, why we're already working on it now. We're not trying to get ahead of ourselves or scare anyone. We're just saying, look... Now's the time to start ramping up. Now's the time to start paying attention, focusing, and uh, building that momentum. Find out who's running at all, at all levels, uh, school board on up. Yeah. Uh, uh, because that's how Republicans have wrested control of this nation mm-hmm. away from common sense is by securing power at every level. And yep. We have to be just as serious about that. Uh, we we need to step up our messaging, as I said last week. Yep. Uh, we need to, uh, which, by the way, the New York Times picked up on the other day. Uh, uh, you know, so I, I'd like to think we were a bit ahead of, of the curve on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's time for these things. It, it, it's astounding to so many of us that, uh, it, in the case of Joe Manchin, 
76% of the Republicans in his state in West Virginia uh, support uh, the For the People Act. Yeah. So he's clearly not representing his constituents. Not all of the pressure that can be brought to bear on Joe Manchin has been so far. Uh, Biden can do more. There are indications he will. Um, I, I, I'm not optimistic about Manchin changing his stand, especially after that op-ed the other day. Yeah. But I'm not ruling it out either. And I think, I, th- I think Cinema, uh, Kristen Cinema, is uh, is vulnerable to change. I don't think she's as locked in uh, as as Manchin. Now, I understand there are other Democrats who have reservations about some of the changes. But we need to find out from them specifically what parts of this they 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 don't like. Yeah. But that, that's one of the things about Manchin is he hasn't said what parts of this he likes or doesn't like. He just doesn't like it because no Republicans do. But he's pretty sure they're out there. And uh, as OJ continues to hunt for his wife's killer, uh, Manchin will continue to look for you know, six to ten uh, reasonable Democrats to to pass the For the People Act. Yeah, yeah. Well, short of Manchin and and Kirsten Cinema having some sort of epiphany about what their posture is these days, it's really up to us. It's up to all of us and the twenty two right. midterms because we right. can strip that power away from them just as easily as they as they're wielding more, it. Yeah, by adding more Democratic seats to both houses of Congress. Absolutely, exactly. exactly. And we have the map. It's another favorable map for Democrats in twenty two. I hope so. Yeah. I hope this is the the time that the democrats buck history uh, as you know we tr- uh, any whatever party's in the white house tends yeah. to lose seats in the midterm election there's plenty of reason to believe that's not going to happen this time it's historically true but it's not uh, it's not locked it's not uh, yeah. it's not written in stone that it will be that way and it's very important that we make sure that it isn't and because of the hurdles and we talk about this before every election you know, we have all the usual hurdles of gerrymandering, the voter suppression. But now we have these laws, these these Republican laws in so many states yeah. uh, to res- further restrict voting uh, that uh, the challenges, the hurdles have gotten higher than they've ever been. So we have to jump higher than we ever have in order to clear them. This is not going to be as easy as it looks. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned those polls. There was a, uh, in fact, Rachel Maddow was talking about this. This is uh, right. uh, this is Global Strategy Group and ALG Research. They did this poll in West Virginia. And there's something that's eerily familiar about the results of this poll. And I'll get to that in, a, in just okay. a second. But uh, West Virginia's opinions on Biden's various proposals, for example, mm-hmm. uh, the American Rescue Plan, which has already been passed, uh, six 64% of West Virginians support the American Rescue Plan. Only 31% oppose. The American Jobs Plan, 68% support, 29% oppose. The For the People Act, this is the one that's that, that's mm-hmm. being so hotly disputed right now with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema being holdouts about this. Frustratingly so. This is the bill that will thwart a lot of these state-level laws that are being passed. 79% support in West Virginia. Only 15% oppose. That's a huge fucking deal. And Joe Manchin's going against that tide. As I said, 76% of Republicans yes. support uh, the For the People Act. Right. And, and, and so, I mean, that's... That's not that far away from the 81% of Democrats or the 79% of independents. In other words, everybody wants this. And Joe does, I, 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 you know, I, I, obviously we have to do our part and we have to to get up off the couches and out of our houses and, and get active and get, and get loud and work on that messaging. But I I can't help but think that Manchin's going to have to fold at some point. 
uh, because of various pressures on him, including uh, the will of his, his own constituents. Here's the thing. He's looking at these numbers, and he has to be looking at the numbers. He's he looking, has to be. He's looking at these numbers the same way, though, that Mitch McConnell looks at these numbers. And remember, we've had many, many occasions in the past where the poll numbers look like this. Lopsided, super majorities in support of legislation after piece of legislation. Uh, I go back to the, uh, the, speaking of Joe Manchin, the Manchin-Toomey Amendment from uh, 2013, which was right after Sandy Hook, where they wanted to expand background checks. It was right. supported by something like 81% of NRA supporters and like 75% of Republicans, and yet Mitch McConnell and the Republicans filibustered that legislation. In defiance of the poll numbers, they filibustered it. And there are many, many examples like that. And this is another one. 76% support among Republicans for the For the People Act, and yet they're going, no effing way. We're not yeah, supporting that's, this. That's been the Republican MO for some time now, yeah, and that yeah. is ignore what the people want and do whatever will help us seize and maintain power. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it's just weird to see Joe Manchin possibly following that same model. It's weird to see the Democratic agenda after all of this. Yeah. The American people elected a majority uh, in, in the House of Democrats and a slim majority in, in the Senate of Republicans mm -hmm. by way of uh, the presidency. Um, and, and yet it, we're, we're stuck in this situation where, as you said, we're, it all depends on Joe Manchin at this point. Uh, more so than I, I mean, Kristen Cinema is certainly complicit, mm -hmm. but but if we get Mansion back, I I think uh, I think Cinema will go along. Yeah, uh, and and I think the other uh, supposed ten uh, congressional Democrats who who uh, have concerns about the For the People Act, uh, I think they'll come along as well. But mm -hmm. uh, we we have to continue to to do our work, and uh, we can't count on. Uh, Joe Manchin coming around, but there is a chance that could happen. I think what congressional Democrats need to do in the meantime is uh, put uh, Republican feet to the fire on each and every one of these things. Make them uh, filibuster every damn good idea that the American people support. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I mean, I understand Mitch McConnell thinking in terms of national numbers. Mitch McConnell is the you know leader of the Republicans right. on the Senate side, and right. he's concerned about not pissing off not just uh, voters from uh, Kentucky, but also voters from Texas and all these you know all these red state strongholds as well, and uh, even West Virginia. I mean, he's concerned about the national view of what the Senate Republicans are doing. That's Mitch McConnell's job. But why Joe Manchin gives a shit about anything outside the boundaries of West Virginia is mind-boggling to me. It's completely baffling. I don't understand what his uh, jujitsu is here. He just believes that any uh, voting changes should be bipartisan. Otherwise, it's going to be considered partisan and, and used against us later. That's yeah. not... Now, is there, there are holes in his logic you can drive trains through, but mm -hmm. uh, he, you know the, that is his thinking. Now, I do think that uh, in addition to the poll numbers that you and I agree he has to be seeing... And in addition to that, you you have uh, members of Congress. He did attend a session the other day yeah. in which uh, Democrats uh, listed one by one by one all of the Republican threats to democracy that have been legislated in recent months uh, to make a rather dramatic point for one person yeah. in the room, and that was Joe Manchin. And uh, he heard from 
uh, another, uh, like I believe it was a Democratic, I don't remember now, I'm sorry, uh, who, a Democrat who is also in a largely Republican district who, who does support the For the People Act. Yeah. I, I think he his words had, a, had an influence, had an effect on Joe Manchin. Uh, Joe Manchin's still talking a big game, and maybe it's because he likes the attention. <laughs> but I, I see him weakening on this as well. Again, that's no excuse for us to let up on our efforts, but uh, there's still a ray of hope, I think, on Manchin. Well, the clock is ticking, because if, this yes. te- oh, if, the, yes. if the Texas election law gets reintroduced and comes up for a vote again, the Democrats might not be able to block it next time. And one of the things this Texas law does is it gives the power to the legislature to nullify the results Overturn. of the election to overturn yeah. the results of the election same in, Texas. in Florida same in Georgia right yeah. right but only with the allegation of right. voter fraud it, right. you don't need to actually have evidence of it all you need to do is say well maybe over here and then there was a ballot and then they smelled like bamboo and there was the other thing and then they can go oh okay well we're not gonna and that's 40 fucking electoral votes on the table uh, the purpose coming here out of Texas. is not the purpose here is not just to delegitimize the 2020 election. The purpose yeah. here is to delegitimize all elections going forward. Right. And this is how authoritarian governments take hold yep. in country after country. There mm-hmm. have been other democracies, not quite like ours, but other democracies have have seen the same process take place. And uh, we're, we're seeing it now in this country. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a lethal game of musical chairs that we're in right now, politically speaking. Because what happens is... We're all racing to be the last contestant to dive into that final chair, right? And if it's the Republicans, they're never going to fucking move. If it's the Republicans landing in that final right. chair of the musical the chairs music- politics game, right? The music will never start again if that happens. <laughs> exactly right. They will never be able to be sh- shaken loose out of that power position. And that's right. what we're talking about here. And the consequences will be broad reaching. I mean, we're gonna have and, we're talking about global consequences, not just national consequences. And, and long term. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, on that happy note, uh <laughs> Let's take a short break. Bob, uh, Bob and I, Bob and I are the stable boys for the Horsemen <laughs> of the Apocalypse. Exactly right. I'm gonna go shovel some manure. Back after these words. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Well, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under-eye bags would just go away. You're not alone! Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing my new favorite, the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote me, I've been using GenuCell for a couple months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around the cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee 
guarantee it. Order now and save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. For an instant 10% off your order, order now. You'll get the amazing Genucel XV face cream. When you order the exclusive Genucel most popular package at checkout, that's love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. The Bob Seska Show. Megan McDuffie, man, this album is on fire. The song is called You're Not Alone, and the the album is called Inner Demons. Uh, MeganMcDuffie.bandcamp.com, link in the description of BobSuska.com, right under this episode of the show. Uh, And by the way, you can support her vinyl campaign, but I think she's already got full support. I think she just surpassed like 106% on her vinyl campaign. push here to try to get her uh, album here, Inner Demons, released on vinyl. Exciting. MeganMcDuffie.bandcamp.com slash campaign slash inner hyphen demons for the, uh, I to check in on the vinyl I, campaign, yeah. I, I can't believe the luck, you know, uh, Republicans were making fun of Joe Biden for uh, using the phrase record player early in the campaign. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, do remember I do. This? And yep. now, if you look everywhere, you look uh, everywhere there are young, hip people, mm-hmm. they have record players. And, and what's popular are these little sort of box portable record players that you can you set up in your room or whatever. But yeah. it's, it's like the old record players we had as kids almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's amazing. They've Not only is, is vinyl back, but to see record players again. So Joe Biden was actually ahead of his time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, it's so funny you brought that up, Buzz. And I, I swear to fucking God, we didn't plan this out. I didn't say to Buzz, hey, make sure to emphasize record albums. Tomorrow on my interview show, I'm going to be talking to documentary director Kevin Smokler, who directed a, a movie called Vinyl Nation. And we're going to be talking about record albums tomorrow. We're going to be talking about vinyl recordings and how they're uh, certainly they've been making a comeback for years now, but we're starting to hit uh, kind of the peak of that particular wave, as you're saying. So uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, modern issuing of uh, vinyl recordings in the modern digital era. We're getting back to uh, the basics here. See, and now you've turned my thought into a plug and I feel cheap and sullied. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's hey. that's very cool. It is a big deal. It's it's I it tickles me to see uh record players again. It's one of those things where I'm so torn because I do love the convenience of digital recordings, but at the same time, oh, yeah. there's nothing like those big 12 by 12 inch album covers and you slip out the whole yes. process of buying warmer, a record, yeah. And the warmer sound. It is a warmer sound is, uh, from yeah. vinyl than it is 
You know, if you don't mind, uh, well, you know, there are little imperfections that we right. will find out about again over time. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's 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 very cool to to have that medium sort of come back again. Yeah. I, here's how old I am. I have a turntable. Yeah, well, there, see, there you go. I, see, now, now if you have a, it used to be if you had a record player, well, that was old-fashioned, you have a turntable instead. Yes. Now, now, record players are in, turntables are like, what, what are you, like, from the 70s? <laughs> well, you know, hey, our friend Rocky Mountain Mike has a <laughs> reel-to-reel deck in his living room. Yeah. 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 So uh, he wins. I have, he, he I have wins real to real back front. Yeah. I have real to real tapes, but nothing to play them on. So perhaps we should get together. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm still looking for some old cart decks. And you know what? If I had some old cart decks, I would figure uh, out a way to incorporate them into the show. I oh, would sure, find some sure. way to rig them into my system. I uh, miss the cartridges. I think I saved two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't remember. Uh, one, one is, I think, me. Well, one is the Lowe's Theater jingle. Because uh, I cherish <laughs> cherish that. And the other was my my old news theme, What's the Buzz, from the Donna Mike Show. Oh, that's right. God, I forgot about that. I, I, well, actually, you know what? I, I did recall it a couple of years ago. We were trying to figure out a theme for you on the show, on this show. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. well, what about that old Geronimo thing the, from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar? You're like, no, no, we won't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you know, that was from another time and yeah. another place. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it just didn't seem uh, currently right. Relevant, mm. but uh, it, fun story. I hope it's fun for uh, the audience. I, I think it will be for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I was on uh, the Donna Mike show, and uh, it was the, in the early days of that. And uh, Don, he wanted some kind of opening music, so he used the theme to NBC Nightly News. Right. Well, NBC Nightly News uh, frowned upon that, <laughs> and uh, we got a cease and desist lawyer a letter from their lawyer. Wow. Uh, and so we had to stop using it, and uh, it was my idea, uh. actually, to lift the What's the Buzz chorus from Jesus Christ Superstar and use that, and that became my uh, that became my intro for many years after that. Yeah, but, yeah I, I brought that. I brought that to the show. You, you knew, you know, once that song started yeah. playing that it was Buzz's time, and you were going to get interrupted every three seconds. <laughs> it was Buzz's time yeah. to be interrupted constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth it, though. Right, right. Well, um, let's see. What else is going on here? Yeah, you know, last night I uh, uh, I got a little irritated watching the Arizona Secretary of State on MSNBC, uh, who referred to the ballot audit there as a distraction, but a dangerous distraction. And I was like, what the hell is a dangerous distraction? A dangerous distraction is not a distraction. It's like saying... I tweeted about this yesterday. I said, it's like saying, yes. I'm mowing my lawn, but I'm distracted by a maniac in the next yard feeding a corpse into a wood chipper. Either a thing is dangerous and deserves attention or it doesn't. And from my perspective, um, I feel like there is no safe Trump-related story. It's all various levels of dangerous. It may be a least dangerous thing that we're talking mm. about. I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's extremely dangerous. And and no, it isn't a distraction at all. It's yeah. it's just plain dangerous. Right. A law, this is illegal. Yeah. Uh, the sanctity of the voting system has been violated here. Mm-hmm. The, 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 voters, the voters have been raped in, in this case. Uh, yeah. Democracy has been raped in this case. Yeah. And uh, this was authorized... Again, by elected Republican state officials in Arizona. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to vote in those elections. Yeah. And by the way, they're continuously telling us the real story behind what they're doing. I remember covering this years ago. Buzz. Yeah. I mean, with voter ID, there was occasion after occasion leading up to the 2012 
uh, presidential election with Mitt Romney and Barack Obama, where the Republicans were just blurting the fact that voter ID was all about getting uh, Mitt Romney elected. And so Ken Paxton, who's the attorney general of Texas, said uh, a couple of days ago that if he hadn't been successful with lawsuits to block mail-in ballots, Trump definitely would have lost the election in Texas. So the whole point of blocking mail-in ballots, hi, Louis DeJoy, go fuck yourself, was all about helping Donald Trump. Make no mistake. I mean, Louis DeJoy appears, you know, with months to go before a major national election and starts disrupting the flow of mail. At the very same time, Donald Trump is going, oh, those mail-in ballots are fraudulent. It's a huge fraud. It's a scam. The ballot dumps. And so those all, all those things coincide. They weren't coincidence, obviously. Oh, this no, was the and I, it's, it's the way I covered it at the time, was that yeah. uh, DeJoy was messing up the mail at the same time that Trump was saying mail doesn't work. DeJoy was there to make sure that Trump's false claim had at least some truth to it. Yeah. As I said before, DeJoy got that job and is in that job for two reasons. One, to disrupt to the extent that he could the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. He did succeed to an extent, not wasn't full success, obviously, but he did mess up the mail. Uh, and uh, the other purpose, of course, is to pursue the Republican conservative uh, goal of privatizing the Postal Service yeah. by running it into the ground. And I think uh, Louis DeJoy is headed to the Dinesh D'Souza Memorial Solitary Confinement Cell at the Country Club so. Prison. The sooner the better. Yeah, yeah. Because this is all the same thing that uh, that Dinesh D'Souza engaged in, where Dinesh D'Souza was paying relatives, friends, family members to make donations to the Republican Party and various committees. I forget exactly where the money was going. But the point was that Dinesh D'Souza would reimburse those people, and that's what's called mm-hmm. straw donations. It's highly illegal. You're only allowed to donate right. a certain amount of money to a particular group or candidate, and once you've reached that threshold, no more. You can't tell your... F- it's a way Yeah, it's a way for wealthy individuals and businesses to get around those limits by getting other people to donate part of the money for them and then yeah. reimbursing them for that expense, and uh, that's a way of, of cheating. Yeah, and Louis DeJoy was getting his employees to do that yes, for him, yeah. allegedly. And giving them bonuses uh, yeah, yeah. for doing so, allegedly. And so now we kind of get a sense of why Louis DeJoy might have wanted to interfere with the 2020 election because he knew that if Donald Trump were reelected, Louis DeJoy could either get a pardon or he could wiggle out of these uh, investigations. I mean, this is a Department of Justice investigation, so he could wiggle out that way. Um, But this has been a thing since before the election. I mean, back in August, Congressman Jim Cooper, a Democrat from Tennessee, asked if he repaid executives for making donations to the Trump campaign, and DeJoy responded. (laughs) His response is very uh, revealing. Like, dost thou protest too much? Yes. He said, that's an outrageous claim, sir, and I resent it. The answer is no. (laughs) Oh, okay, so that means the answer is yes. Of course it's that, yes. Yeah, that much outrage, the answer is yes. Yeah. I read a disturbing article in the Washington Post this past week. The headline mm. is, FBI inquiry of USPS Chief DeJoy threatens bipartisan overhaul bill. Uh, subhead is, experts say the campaign fundraising investigation could fray 
a fragile bipartisan and cross-industry coalition key to financial relief legislation for the Postal Service. So, Jesus. Uh, it, and and I, I've read this article, and I, I wish I could explain it to you, but I still don't entirely understand. Mm-hmm. But apparently this FBI investigation of DeJoy could uh, derail uh, some attempts, a bipartisan attempt, to uh, sort of refund the Postal Service. Yeah, yeah. What's the deal now with the Board of Governors and uh, Louis DeJoy's status as uh, Postmaster General? They, they have they have no comment. I And I'm not clear. Are Biden's people seated yet? I, 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 don't, I don't think they, they are. Um, yeah, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. Right now, the board has no comment. Uh, I think all the board has said is that it's eager to have a conversation with Louis DeJoy about, A, the charges against him, and, B, his 10-year plan for the Postal Service. Uh, (laughs) Some of which, I mean, uh, there are things in there that are good, frankly, like electric vehicles and that sort of thing. But uh, there's a lot of bad in there, like closing post offices and cutting hours. And so uh, we we want to, I think Americans want to save their Postal Service. I know postal workers have started uh, having demonstrations around the country and I had, I don't know if I still have it handy, uh, there is, and you'll be able to find this, uh, Indivisible, I believe, has uh, a link for this, to uh, this, the public comment period continues through June 22nd for Americans to weigh in on DeJoy's plans to raise rates, cut postal service, uh, close post offices, and that sort of thing. Uh, and if you uh, submit a respectful uh, objection to that, uh, it will be registered and those get counted. And those do count. So uh, go to indivisible.org, uh, I believe it is, and uh, look for their uh, look for their instructions on how yeah. to uh, public comment on what DeJoy's plans are. Try to stop DeJoy's plans. Your postal workers, thank you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? With Louis DeJoy, I think his crimes are even more obvious than Donald Trump's crimes. And Donald Trump's crimes, make no mistake, are super-duper obvious. You know exactly what he's trying to do. It's hard. It's hard to pick a favorite gangster, Bob. (laughs) I don't know. I know. I know. (laughs) Jesus. But, I mean, look, it's so clear what Louis DeJoy is trying to get away with. I mean, all you got to do is... I mean, it's just the past year. It's just the past year of events. Everything, every news story that comes out about Louis DeJoy, it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course. Of course, that's what he's trying to do. And it makes perfect sense that this is his motive here. And it's enraging. It's infuriating. I can't imagine the number of people who miss their prescriptions, who miss their paychecks, who miss right. important oh, yeah. pieces of correspondence uh, throughout the, the process of fucking around. And how many mail-in ballots? I mean, do we ever get a sense of how many mail-in ballots didn't make the cutoff point because the Postal Service was playing grab-ass because Louis DeJoy wants to kill it. And and, and then, as happened in Texas, uh, they get thrown out. Yeah, uh, exactly right. By a Secretary of State. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we have to overcome. Mm -hmm. This is why we have to jump so much higher over a much higher hurdle. Exactly right. Well, uh, there is so much going on in the world that can make it difficult for us to relax and decompress, right? You've experienced the Sunday scaries. It's that feeling on Sunday afternoon where you're thinking, oh God, I have to go back to work tomorrow. It's a whole week ahead. The weekend's almost over. It sucks. But now there are CBD gummies called Sunday Scaries. So if you're looking for a way to decompress, Sunday Scaries can help. Visit sundayscaries.com, use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, 
to get 25% off your order. That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com with the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use or sale by persons under the age of 18. Sundayscaries.com. Thank you. Bob Seska. Great radio song. This is a brand new uh, recording artist to the show here. This is called Feed Your Wolves. It's the name of the uh, project, and the song is called Hurricane. Yeah. I've been playing that on 11 all weekend. Yeah. This yeah, is that's a, a good song. It's a good song to play down here in Florida, I think. Absolutely. Hur- hurricane. <laughs> exactly right. It's kind of trolling Florida in a way. Uh, this is a... Yeah, this is Andy Davidson from Northeast England submitting this song, FeedYourWolves.com, to support this project that I love so much. You know, like, as I said, if I were in radio right now, this would be like the once an hour song. Like, oh yeah, and I got to talk it up. I got to I gotta hit the post on this one, too. It's just, it's just got, it's got that pulse-pounding vibe that everyone wants to turn up their, uh, yeah. turn up their uh, car stereos, roll down the windows, take their pants off, and... Speed down the highway. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So let's see what else is going on in the world today. Uh, oh, yeah. CNN obtained some secret audio recordings of Rudy Giuliani offering Ukraine a quid pro quo. I mean, how much more evidence do you need? But they're just going to say, well, it's a witch hunt. It's fake news. It's not really. And you, But there are audio recordings now. It's despicable. The audio of is, is of a uh, July 2019 phone call between Giuliani, U.S. diplomat Kurt Volker, Andre Yermak, and the call was a precursor to Trump's infamous call with Zelensky, and both conversations later became a central part of Trump's first impeachment, where he was accused of soliciting Ukrainian help for his campaign. During the roughly 40-minute call, Giuliani reportedly told Yermak that Zelensky should publicly announce investigations into possible corruption by Biden in Ukraine and into claims that Ukraine meddled in the 2016 election to hurt Trump. These separate claims are both untrue, of course. Quote, all we need from President Zelensky is to say, I'm going to put an honest prosecutor in charge. He's going to investigate and dig up the evidence. So what we see here, Buzz, is kind of what we were discussing at the time, which is that all they needed was the announcement of an investigation. They didn't actually need right. a full, full-fledged full investigation into what was going on with uh, that energy right. company, Burisma, and Hunter Biden, and, and Joe Biden, and all of that. They didn't need that. They was, just needed the, it, the patina of it. It was, And it was absolutely extortion, however, at the same yeah. time, uh, because uh, Giuliani can also be heard saying on there, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, if, if you do this, if we get this statement from Zelensky, then uh, we get rid of our problems. Yeah. Now, the problems to which he refers, are the, the U.S. holdup of weapons uh, for the Ukrainians to fight off Russian Jesus. incursion. Uh, so this is a very serious thing. I guess what occurs to me as I'm listening to this is, okay, 
Here's another tape. I mean, we have a tape of Trump. We have mm-hmm. transcripts. Uh, we, we have all kinds of evidence. Yeah. Um, unless it can be used effectively in court or in Congress, um, it, it, it doesn't, it's certainly not going to make any difference on the public opinion scale. Yeah. Um, either way. So I, I hope this is a valuable piece of evidence for investigators, prosecutors, and uh, judges and juries. Yeah, I hope so. And, and as as with all of these stories, my hope is always that, well, if it comes to nothing in the long run, at least it scares the shit out of Donald Trump. You know what I mean? It's just, at I least so. it's creating yeah. stress for Donald Trump. And what, right. however amount of stress it is, whatever gets him, uh, you know, to start <laughs> freaking out about these sorts of things. You know, the, uh, the the German kid on his computer, that kind of freak out. Whenever these news items come down, this, this is Trump what? reacting. It makes me so happy. Uh, I, I love that. I love the fact that that kid is German. It's so perfect for Trump. He made, yeah, that's true. He he's made us suffer certainly. So it's yeah. understandable why we would delight in in the idea of him suffering. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that brings him down is fine with me. Even if it's talking about his pants being on backwards, that's fine. That's fine. And yeah, there may have been a diaper in there. I don't think I reacted to the uh, diaper observation, but yeah, I think we've heard lots of reports yeah. of diapers. E- even if it's the backside, if you look at it. It, it looks padded to the point of being a diaper, yeah. <laughs> and there's such weird pants. I'll never get over. Like, what the fuck is he thinking about those suits? I don't know. Uh, okay, well, also, as discussed on uh, Friday's After Party, we got some, at least according to me, and some people have been reacting favorably to this, and I don't understand why, but if to me it's horrible news from Facebook that Donald Trump could be reinstated two years from now, just in time <laughs> to throw his hat into the ring for 2024. It's, it seems, well, of course we know why Facebook is doing this shit, because they benefit from Trump existing. Um, uh, what the top 10 most shared, uh, posts on pages on Facebook are all Trump ass kissers, Dan Bongino, right. Ben Shapiro, all these guys. So they do quite well. F- Facebook is incorporating this Trump thing into its business model. Make no mistake. They're going to get lots of attention because, uh, uh, with Trump being back on Facebook in 2023, you know, it's going to be more traffic I, for Facebook, I, more I, ad views. I, I don't dispute the uh, commercial advantage for Facebook here, yeah. but uh, it, um, I have to smile a little bit about the level of unhappiness you've shown about something Facebook might do two years from now. Uh, I, I think they, they, what they've done is they've agreed to review it again in two years, and if they still see him as a threat, to extend it beyond that. So it doesn't end in two years necessarily. It could but we will at least be past the 2022 election. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to take them at their word. I'm going to hold them to their word that uh, if it looks like he hasn't shut up by then, and he probably <laughs> won't have, that they'll continue to keep him off the platform. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm more worried about 2022, uh, the election, uh, more than I am uh, Trump getting back. I mean, I obviously don't want him back uh, on social media, but. Uh, it's not a problem we have yet. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. I feel like with what Trump has done to the country and to the world, the ban should have been 
like ripping the Band-Aid off. It should have been swift, immediate, and permanent. Right? That's what Twitter did. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly what Twitter did. Fuck you. You're never going to come back, you motherfucker. And that's what Facebook should have done. And what they're doing now is, well, you know, there is some gray area where this kind of horseshit that Trump engaged in for four years uh, is, you know, kind of acceptable. I mean, we're still thinking about it. I don't know. It's just like this wishy-washy reaction from the advisory board, from Facebook itself, about how to handle Donald Trump. I mean, it should be abundantly clear. For God's sake, Russia paid Facebook in rubles to help Donald Trump win in 2016. Facebook Uh should be running for their lives right now from everyone who realizes everything that Trump did wrong. And that goes from the insurrection to the whole previous year, where I put a lot of the blame for the global nature of the COVID pandemic at Trump's feet, at that doorstep, because it was Trump's irresponsibility. With America being a global leader, it was Trump's irresponsibility, his focus on the election. I don't need to relitigate all this shit. (laughs) But this is, then you go back even further. You go back to what we were just talking about, Ukraine and and that uh, impeachable offense. And so you have all of these uh, four years of crime after crime after crime, injustice after injustice. And there's no reason why Donald Trump participating in the political discussion I, there's no way that enhances anything. All it no, does no, is it endangers. Yeah. It, it endangers not only the political debate in this country. It, it endangers democracy. It, it endangers Facebook. If Donald Trump has his way, and uh, Congress becomes Republican in 2023 after the 2022 midterms, and Donald Trump becomes president in 2024, if everything Donald Trump wants right now comes true. Facebook is going to have Section 230 stripped out from underneath of it, and that's going to put Facebook in a shitty position to be sued by fucking everybody over shit that happens on their website. I don't know why they're playing with that fire. I mean, it seems to me as if it's it's self-preservation, isn't it? Especially as other nations crack down on Facebook and other uh, social media platforms, which delights me, uh, at least a lot of what I'm seeing. Uh, in terms of ho- holding them legally responsible, yeah, uh, I, I, I feel good about where this is headed, albeit uh, as always s- slow. Mm-hmm. But uh, at, at least I think there's some progress being made against uh, these powerful social media platforms. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I can't argue with the fact that Facebook profits from uh, Trump land, but uh, I'm I'm glad he's off of there. I'm glad he will be off for the next two mm-hmm. years, and I'm glad it's not a lock that he'll be back in two years. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean that's a good point. I think it's true that it's still a question mark as to whether he comes back in two years. But you, I know you don't like the existence of the question mark. And, and <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Don't, and I I don't disagree. I think we both would love to have seen a, a lifetime ban. Instead, I, I'll take whatever somebody once uh, in reaction to this said. Well. Uh, and I believe I said this before, he's, he's, Facebook has effectively punted a decision here. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, except for effectively, uh, he's still off of the platform. Mm. So, I mean, if you want to look at what's effectively true, uh, yeah, he may. it is effectively true he might come back. It's also effectively true he ain't there now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, and that's I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take that. 
Yep, cup half full, that's for sure. That's me. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, and part of my problem is I have zero, less than zero faith that Facebook will make the right decision on anything, much less this. Uh, It's like any other industry. I I don't trust uh, oil companies uh, drilling in the Gulf of Mexico or in the Arctic either, you know, and with good reason, Mm -hmm. because when they... When they're left to regulate themselves, we've seen time after time what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tra- tragedy and disaster happen mm-hmm. uh, without without regulation. On a similar note, I got hit with not one but two phishing scams in my email, and this is all not obviously. I'm not blaming Facebook for this. This was Facebook related. I got two emails purporting to be from Facebook saying that we're opening a new podcasting tab for Facebook pages where you can have your podcast automatically pop up in your Facebook feed uh, based on whatever you uh, the RSS feed you insert into the tab or whatever. Uh, basically, a, a, a way for podcasters to promote their shows on Facebook, which would be welcomed by me because every fucking thing you, anyone posts uh, on Facebook about their podcast, it gets buried by the algorithm. Them. It just does, whether it's Patreon or Apple Podcasts or whatever. They just don't like it when you promote outside websites on their website. Mm-hmm. And so it's a challenge. So this would have been encouraging to me. And, I, and so initially I'm going, oh, this is a cool idea. And then I scroll down even more and it's like, click here to set yourself up with the Facebook podcast tab. And and I said, uh, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> that seems like. That smells like a phishing scam to me. And it's a dangerous world out there, Bob. Yeah, and it was right on the heels of both Stephanie Miller and John Fugelsang having yes. their pages hacked. And uh, Fugelsang in particular got decimated by these hackers who, at last report, were still occupying his Facebook page. Uh, they deleted 4,000, I think 4,000 posts. They were deleting photographs. They were do- wow. just going through and just decimating the whole place. I, I think in the case of uh, Stephanie Miller and John Fugelsang that, uh, that it sounds like a political hit to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more than... You know, more than anything else, more than just uh, some. I, I have enjoyed some of the delightful posts that have appeared on the Stephanie Miller Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but it's it, all clickbait stuff. Mm. Something to be aware of uh, here as we uh, as things get more and more heated and as politics in the United States becomes a, a blood They're still sport. out there. Yeah. They're still out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I believe I believe this show will be successfully posted just as soon as Joe Manchin signs off on it. <laughs> all right. Well, there's lots more to uh, talk about here, and of course, we're going to do all of that on our postmortem show that comes up next, and exclusively on our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Bob Seska Show. Uh, you know what? I, I'm sorry to say we didn't quite hit our second set of 20 new subscribers. We did this thing earlier in uh, in April where I said, well, with every 20 new subscribers, I'm going to do a video. Well, we got to the end of uh, May, we got to the 1st of June, yeah. and we didn't quite hit that second set. We didn't get oh to 40 new subscribers total for April and May. So, uh, but I think I'll still do a video. I, I think I'll still do I'll, I'll do a video anyway, just in case. And that'll be on our Patreon page, of course, patreoncom slash show. But if you want to sign up for the postmortem show, if you want to keep listening to uh, this year' program today, uh, make sure to go to our Patreon page and sign up at five dollars a month. You sign up at five dollars a month, you get two postmortem shows every week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. And uh, it's just bonus material, bonus conversation. In fact, all the real fun happens on the postmortem show and the That's after right. party. Yeah. That's right. 
FOMO, as I say, FOMO is real. <laughs> and I'm taking advantage of it here. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash Bob Zuska show to sign up. Uh, let's see, we're going to talk about uh, Lara Trump for a second there. Okay. And um, I'm feeling good about something that I didn't initially feel good about, where I felt right. like I was way out on a limb. And now I feel like I'm less out on a limb. The limb is oh. getting thicker, so to speak. So well, I, I think I think people should get a Patreon subscription so they can find out what it is in the <laughs> postmortem show. Yeah. And uh, oh shit, this is a, a hobby horse of mine. You're gonna have to indulge me. I want to talk about something they're discussing in New York City with regard to bike riders <laughs> in New York okay. City. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I swear to God, I'm not gonna belabor it. I, I'll try not to rant, but uh, we're going to, as I said, we'll do that on the postmortem show. Meantime, if you want to uh, follow Buzz Burbank, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, Michael J. Elston, traditional spelling of all of those names. And uh, just search for Buzz Burbank on Facebook and you'll find him there too. Okay. Did I, did I miss anything? Do I have everything? I think that's I it. don't think so, but you know, I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> okay, my friend. See you on the postmortem. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Ha, ha, ha.